Welcome to this podcast dedicated to Pro Wrestling Noah. At the moment, I don't really have much of a format, so I'm just going to talk for a bit um, about the final night of Winter Navigation 2017 and the subsequent events. A big thanks goes to my boyfriend for um, editing this and for adding any music. Uh, please be aware that my spoken Japanese is not the best, so please forgive me if I if I do pronounce anything wrong. So let's start with the 22nd of December. By this time, Noah had managed to claw their way back from what had been a dismal year. Audience attendance was low, fan interest was waning, and the GHC champion Katsuhiko Nakajima was, was just not connecting with, with the fans the way he was at the beginning. So in August, Noah took the unprecedented step of putting the GHC heavyweight belt on Eddie Edwards, and never before had there been a Gaijin champion um, in Noah. Now Michi Marafuji challenged him to the belt and lost, and so kicked off a global league. Uh, if there is one thing that I have learned about Noah, then it is to expect the complete unexpected. During Global League, everybody's focus was on Naomichi Marafuji and Go Shiozaki, as Marafuji was determined to take the belt from Edwards and bring it back to Noah, and Shiozaki likewise was determined to redeem himself this way. Uh, for Shiozaki to do this meant that he would have to go through Marafuji, who he'd never actually beaten in a singles match. And then it happened. Masa Kitamiya beat Marafuji, making Keno and Shiozaki the block leaders who would face off against each other. Pretty much nobody had seen this eventuality. So, uh, Keno beat Shiozaki in what can be described as an epic, hard-hitting and stiff-as-hell match. Noah were finishing the year on a high, but it wasn't over yet, as Edwards returned to Japan and participated in Winter Navigation 2017, which traditionally is Noah's last tour um, of the year. Edwards could not have taken part in Global League due to his commitments of Impact Wrestling, but I don't think it really, really mattered. I think for him to have done so would have been overkill, um, because Noah managed to build an amazing feud in so short a time between himself and Kano. Edwards beating him, Kano screaming huge obscenities, each bending over the other, when either got the victory, vowing, you know, Kano vowing that his title reign would be a new era for Noah, and Edwards saying that he would retain the championship in the old ways. So, all of this brings us to the 22nd of December at Korokun Hall. Um, I am going to have to halt the Keno versus Edward story here to concentrate chronologically on what else is going on at that time. And of course, we will swing back round to Noah and Edwards at, at the main event. The final night of Winter Navigation 2017 was also known as Kabuki the Final. The Great Kabuki, an icon in Japanese wrestling, had already retired, and so according to Noah's president Uchida, 
this was more of a memorial than an actual retirement ceremony. And yes, there was the traditional ten-bell salute. Uh, Kabuki, due to his age, uh, your man is in his late 70s, uh, the seven-minute tag match. He teamed with his old Heisei Shingun stable mates from the 1990s, and they being Akitoshi Saito and Shiro Koshinaka, against Go Shiyazaki, Masao Inoue and Yoshinari Ogawa. These three were chosen due to their associations, um, no matter how, how tenuous. Um, Shiozaki represented Kendo Kobashi, who of course um, was huge in all Japan and, and had known Kabuki. Uh, Masao Inoue had tagged once with Kabuki, although he was part of all Japan, although when Kabuki left. And Yoshinari Ogawa is an old friend of his. Kabuki's team won, and the memorial ceremony was carried out. Toshiaki Kawada, who was a guest commentator for the event, got a huge cheer from the crowd when he presented Kabuki with some flowers, and Kabuki raised the arm of his old trainee in second. Also in attendance was Big Japan's Great Kojika, and the seemingly ageless and indestructible Tatsumi Fujinami. In a very sweet moment, Kabuki's daughter told Papa how proud she was of him. Movingly, Kabuki did for one last time the nunchuck swing and the, the poison mist. So after Kabuki the final, um, it was on to the first match of the card. The backbreakers, Hashime Ohara and Hitoshi Kimano versus Tadasuke from Rattels and Huraya um, Morohashi. After the match, um, Ohara, who had returned from missing a couple of days due to kidney and bruising, which, unbelievably, was the only time he had missed during 13 years of in-ring action, joked with the crowd that he still had stomach pain, but in all actuality, he's absolutely fine. Um, I will talk a little more on his 2018 um, later. The match went 6 minutes 15 seconds and was won by a backbreaker by Komano on Morohashi. The second match was Katsuhiko Nakajima and Masaki Tamiya versus Cody Hall and Sheldon Jean. This match went 4 minutes 42 seconds and was won by Kitamiya who speared uh, Jean. Before I move on, I just want to wish Sheldon all the best because he has now returned um, to Canada after three months touring and training with Noah. Cody Hall, and for all of those who don't know, Cody is, is the son of Scott Hall. He'll be back with Noah in January 2018. So, well, nothing really noteworthy happened during this match. Uh, it was just just an opener. It was more notable for really what happened after it. Uh, Misaki Tamiya went storming to the back, and despite getting the win, he cut an angry promo about how he and Go Shiozaki were the joint board leaders during Global League, had the same points, how his generation were being kept down. I guess he was mad about not being in Kabuki's retirement match because one of his generation was in the main title match, and how it is not their era. And... Obviously, by that statement, he means the Misawa era. I will leave out the rest of his profanity, because obviously Kano is going to give you enough of it. 
The third match was a six-person tag match between Atsushi Kotoge with Double X, who of course high 69, and X-Division champion Taiji Ishimori, who faced off against Yuko Miyamoto, Mitsuo Nagai, and Leona. I will explain more about Mitsuo Nagai and Yuko Miyamoto a little later, as to do it now would be very disjointed. Leona, for those who don't know, is the son of Tatsumi Fujinami, and although listed as being part of tradition, he spends most of his time with pro wrestling Noah. In between training and touring, he attends law school. Uh, the match was won by High 69 uh, with a super splash, super splash even, on Leona after six minutes. After the match, Taiji Shimori and Yuko Miyamoto, who was of course the blast champion of Zero One, got into a row over their respective belts. I had to actually watch it a couple of times to actually see what had happened. Um, but what? But in the match, uh, Ishimori had actually stolen the fans' drink, drunk from it, and then spat the contents twice at Miyamoto. After the match, he spat on Miyamoto's belt, at his in hardcore, and told him that his naturally was better. I, to be honest, I don't think anything will, will come of this, um, to tell you the truth. I can't see Ishimori with his carefully sculpted body would have any interest in challenging for a, a hardcore championship. The fourth match of the evening was the GHC Junior Heavyweight Tag Championship match. Yohei Hanheyata defended against Gurukun Mask and Shuji Jo. Due to their own commitments with uh, Ryuku Dragon Wrestling, Noah were not able to build any kind of feud around this for Gurukun Mask and Shuji Jo. So it was the title match of the night that Noah really had any emotionally invested interest in. However, Noah did do their best um, with what they had, and it turned out to actually be very good. Yohei and Hayata appeared in a pre-match promo, wearing white masks to mock their opponents. Hayata was made to laugh, and Yohei pointed out and giggled at him. And then they appeared in the ring, having painted one side of their faces with the skulls, like they do in Dove Pro. The match went 13 minutes, and while sadly we didn't see the beautiful bamboo dragonfly, which is, in my opinion, a stunning move, we did see the Gamanji, which Yohei used to defeat Shuri Jo. The majority of this match was Yohei. Hayata was actually barely in the ring. He was either on the apron or fighting outside of it. I haven't heard of any injury or any rumoured injury, but at the best of times, Noah's booking could be in a mystery, so I really don't know why Yohei did the, the bulk of things. At the end of the match, uh, Yohei stayed to shake hands with Kurokun Mask, and if you do watch the footage, Yohei and Tarasuke, who was seconding them, turned to look at the same turn. Both turned and looked at the same time, where to see where Hayata was, but he'd already walked off, and the camera showed him stalking to the back. Tarasuke, who Yohei calls Akasa, which basically means mother, because this is because he does the seconding for Grey Tales, has said that in 2018 he wants to challenge for both the junior heavyweights and the junior tag belts. After the match, Gurukun Mask said that he would be back and he would tow the ship to Okinawa, which is where the Gurukun fish is from, which is where his gimmick comes from, even though he himself is not from Okinawa natively. Uh, Yohei calls him, because he gives everyone nicknames, the Okinawan fish. In their own post-match promo, 
uh, Yohei revealed that it was not only a big night for Noah, but it was a big night for himself and Hayata, as it was their nine-year anniversary in wrestling. Here we go! The fifth match was Namich Marafuji and Reibach Taniguchi challenging 50 Funky Powers, Mohamed Lone and Fight Storm for the Heavyweight Tag Championship. I personally love seeing 50 Funky Powers, especially when Yune strikes a disco fever pose, because all he needs is to have the airplane sound effects of the gunshots from Ted Stance and then the whole effect would be complete. Uh, the fact that the, the pose stops people in their tracks is funny enough, although it may be because people can't believe that someone still likes disco in this day and age, which is how people certainly look at him. There was a spot during the match when uh, Marafuji did the Kawada kicks on Mohamed Yone, and then soon afterwards turned to look at Kawada. Naturally, it would have been Marafuji as Misawa's all-but-adopted son who did this, and I also think there is probably an element... Um, to it as well, due to the fact that um, Kawada was the instructor in the Wadipan Dojo, which Marufuji said taught fear. So the match continued on with its usual ebb and flow. Uh, that was until Marufuji caught Maybach with the knee, a move which did legitimately knock him out previously. 50 Funky Powers looked on as Maybach blindsided Marufuji, knocked him down and then stamped on him. Mitsuo and Nagai then appeared at ringside. I am going to explain now as briefly as I can about Mitsuo and Nagai, Maybach Taniguchi, Namich Marufuji. This all goes back to the press confidence for the Global League when a fight broke out between Mitsuo and Nagai and Maybach Taniguchi. Marufuji called Nagai an octopus. This is hard to be honest to give an equivalent to in English because it can have a double meaning. It can either mean a man who has many hands like an octopus which are usually all over women or it can be the equivalent of calling somebody a, a stupid monkey. Nagai swore that he would whip Noah and kicked a chair and stormed out. Uh, during Global League, he actually made no move against Marufuji but he did cost Taniguchi his spot in the league. Nagai announced that when he himself was knocked out of the league that he'd be returning to Noah to take the heavyweight tag belts. He hinted that he had a partner who may or may not be in Noah, but seemingly he then joined with Yuka Miyamoto. They called themselves something like the Outside Army or the Invaders. The term is, is hard to interpret. The seemingly the feud with Taniguchi wasn't over, as Nagai had taken to stealing towels from fans and choking him out with them. So that then brings us to this match. Nagai appeared, Taniguchi betrayed Marafuji, and so 50 Funky Powers got the win. After the match, the good guys, the faces, Yone and Storm stood at the ropes and asked Taniguchi and Nagai what they were doing, and Marafuji looked murderous. Nagai later commented that Taniguchi was a clever man, and together they will take the belts, they will rise up, and they will defeat Noah. I don't think this is any kind of invasion alongside the, the Suzuki army, to tell you the truth. Nothing official has been announced, and Maybach is yet to 
say what he means. Nothing has been announced for Fitty Funky Powers. They're without challengers. So I would imagine that it will probably be Nagai and Taniguchi. Marafuji's comment was one of disbelief, asking Taniguchi why he wanted to hold hands with this octopus. And he said, I will eliminate them. Match six was Takashi Sugira versus Moose. This was Sugiura's first match since returning from his heart issues. Sugiura has actually been suffering these issues since 2011. Uh, they put him on medication, but the medication kept becoming ineffective, and of course it was upped more, the symptoms came back, and it was this, this vicious cycle. So in the end, the doctor said, we're going to have to operate, it's, it can't go on this way. It had also got to the point where Sugiyora was feeling dizzy when he rose in the mornings and he'd also fainted during training and he'd been um, taken to hospital. Moose, of course, is a former NFL player turned wrestler and he is currently part of Impact Wrestling. Personally, I didn't think this match was totally bad, but I did find it the weakest on the card, even compared to the earlier, shorter um, you know, early card matches. It went 12 minutes, 30 seconds, and Sugiura got the win with the Olympic Slam. The crowd were tired, and I think they were conserving their energy and looking forward to the the two explosive title matches coming up. And while it did showcase what a monster of unbelievable strength Moose is, at one point he picked Sugiura up by his legs and swung him into the into the iron barrier, it was just boring. Um, Moose seemed evident, there were, and there were spots that seemed fumbled. Sukiura left victorious, he did the, the moose, the moose arm pump. And he also had that wonderful thing he did when he puts his gum shield in his mouth and it looks like a cigar, which makes him look boss and like, you know, you don't want to mess with him. Match seven was called the semi-final, which is actually a much better way of saying that you have a double main event. And saw Daisuke Hirada defend the GHC junior heavyweight against Minoru Tanaka. Daisuke Hirada has had an amazing 2017 and is most certainly one to watch in 2018. He has had incredible matches in the past year. Still only young, at 31, he has a bright future with Noah. I don't know if he has any heavyweight ambitions, but for now he is dominating the, the lightweight division. Minoru Tanaka, although you wouldn't think to look at him, is actually 45, and this match was incredible. Tanaka moved like someone who was 10 or 20 years younger. He is a freelancer, but he does spend a lot of his time with Noah. The build of this match had been intense. Tanaka wanted the belt badly and wound Harada up. Harada crashed two of Tanaka's post-match interviews, the two of them yelling, brawling and swearing at each other. Of course, in the ring they'd gotten each other's faces, the belt between them, forehead to forehead, facing off. The match itself was incredible, and despite the fact that Harada did legitimately injure his arm, it's nothing serious and he won't miss any time, they managed to pull off something which, well, which should be match of the year candidate. So, as ever, there can only be one winner, and that was Daisuke Harada after 18 minutes with the German suplex, and in a show of sportsmanship, they they shook hands. Daisuke Harada and Rattels, who were waiting for him at ringside, go into 2018 monopolising the belts in the junior division. 
March 8 uh, was Keno versus Eddie Edwards for the GHC Championship. Eddie Edwards has been a champion that has divided opinion. It should be pointed out that Edwards did not simply one day get on a plane, walk into Doha and be given the championship. He did train at the Noah Dojo in Differ. He paid his dues by doing everything expected of a trainee. And he can be seen during Destiny 2005 when he was only 22 as a ring attendant. I think the problems of having Edwards as a champion is not really a reflection on him or his ability. But because Noah had a foreign champion whose attendance in the promotion depended on his schedule with Impact, which is why, of course, as I said, he missed Global League, entry visas, work permits, and all the red tape which come with um, red tape abroad. It's a lot easier with Quiet Storm because Quiet Storm is with Noah. He's in the country. He's permanently there. Edwards, because he had outside commitments, it it was difficult. And I don't really think that Noah Noah knew really what to do with him. There had been talk initially of sending people out from Noah to challenge Edwards, but of course this this never happened. So, come 22nd of December, Noah had only a few weeks uh, to build a feud, and build it, they did. Edwards can be, should be credited with how he put Cano over in such a short time. The feud was built with what Noah was called post-championship matches, and this has been shown to work for not only Edwards and Cano, but also Harada and Tanaka. Edwards got, did get the majority of wins over Kino, uh, which does bring us now to this evening. Everyone, both in the arena and at home, were on the edge of their seats. I was in an office watching due to a funny angle on my phone because it was being charged, and half the time I was watching um, with my through my hands, my fingers over my eyes. Kino, of course, showed complete contempt when, unlike Edwards, he refused to bow to President Uchida when he was holding the belt out to him. According to Uchida, Kino sees him as part of the Nisawa generation, which is what he was saying that he will tear down as he wishes to now lead Noah into a new era. So Uchida just showed him the belt and gave up. I would compare the build-up of tension during this match uh, to playing a computer game on time levels in which enemies start to become immune to earlier attacks. It was amazing storytelling of Edwards and Cano. What more could they do? They had tried almost everything to eliminate each other. The tension was racketing. It was going up and up and up until it broke into one of those final charge moments when the two of them faced each other Pause for a second, and then a light speed chop kick war broke out after a vicious elbow war. It took two separate top rope foot stomps from Kano to put Edwards away, but after 23 minutes, he became the 30th GHC champion. Then somebody appeared who nobody had thought would appear, and even backstage, people didn't recognize him. Kobashi wondered who he was, and Sugiura thought he was part of a group of youngsters who were who were visiting. Kaito Kiyomiya had returned to Noah after being away on an excursion in Canada. Debuting a new look and a much thicker body, he got into the ring to face Kino. Kino, who was stunned and who was repeating, What are you doing here? What 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 are you doing here? was challenged to a title match by Kiyomiya, which he accepted. Uh, Kino then turned to the crowd, and in his usual way called them bastards, and asked them to follow him to the Budokan. 
This title match has been set for Noah's first show on the 6th of January 2018 at Korokun Hall. So that closes Winter Navigation. I'm very sorry that I couldn't dwell much longer on some of the matches, but I had to edit some down for, for later news and of course for, for the main match. So if I did miss anything out that you did think that I should have mentioned, apologies. It's 2017, it's ending for Noah, who after a somewhat dismal year was now going out on an unbelievable high. Uh, President Uchida said afterwards that this was a new dawn for Noah, and it truly was Noah the Reborn. Noah understands that for a promotion to survive, it must nurture and raise its young. This was something that Misawa had somewhat understood, and he had used to make a point of bringing the young wrestlers into the boardroom. The press thought that he was insane for doing this, but Misawa knew what he was doing, and I think that he would have been very proud of Noah that night. So, to move on quickly, as you are probably getting tired of the sound of my voice, I just want to touch very quickly on a few things. The first being Noah for Gift, which was Noah's uh, Christmas show. This has always been an insanely funny event. In the past, it was held at Differ, and the wrestlers would have their flea market where they sold their own ringware, which is a tradition they revived this time. In the past, they also had other events as well, such as, you know, they'd serve Dojo Made Chanko. However, Shinkiba is not differ, and it does not have the room that differ does, and Noah does not have the money that it did back then. So only the, the flea market was held this time, and it was held around the ring. Junta Miyawaki, who is Noah's junior, took on Pennywise the Clown, aka Nami Fuji, looking sinister, and was granted for the first time his own entrance theme. He said afterwards that he liked it so much he is going to continue to use it from now on. This is always a sign that a young wrestler is moving past the Minari stage, which basically means to learn by observation, and will now be turning his collar. So in 2018, look for Miyawaki to be a little more prominent. As for the rest of the event, aside from the Retel's four-way match in which Tadasuke won, leaving Daisuke Harada hanging over the turnbuckle, the highlight was the cosplay battle royal, uh, where Takashi Sugiyura was a vulgar and inappropriate centre, according to Tokyo Sports. High 69 was the last-minute panda, according to Hashime Ohara, who had the best costume of the evening as Kiki from Kiki's Delivery Service, complete with broomstick, satchel full of bakery goods, and a Gigi for his shoulder, gone out on New Year's Eve in Shibuya, and bought his costume at the last moment. Sugiyura pointed out to him and everyone else that whatever he was, he wasn't a panda. Atsushi Kotoge made his second appearance as the Mr. Koto, complete with wig, leisure suit Larry like apparel, and nerd glasses. And of course he danced and Sugiyura tried to eliminate himself as soon as he was made to dance, but Taishi Shimori it seemed was a, a little more game. Heata refused to dress up, and Yohei came as the comedian. Daisuke Hirada came as Heata, much to Heata's disbelief, and Cody Hall was a clown. Goshiosaki was the Japanese anti-piracy anti mascot, and Kano wore his old Nippon Kenpo uniform, which is a sport he'd been doing since he was an infant. The less said about Akichoshi Saito's videos, with a cringing Eddie Edwards and Moose in what looked like a Burger King crown in the background, the better. 
High 69 won the event and was given the prize money. He says he's going to use it to buy a panda car. In 2018, Hashime Ohara has been given, and much too surprised it seems, a title match against Daisuke Harada on January 27th in Osaka. Noru once again teasing the post-championship matches, as I've mentioned, this is a formula that works. Harada commented that the circumstances of this trouble me, and he is right to be troubled. Ohara is probably the biggest threat to his championship he has faced so far, as Ohara has beaten him before. Taiji Ishimori will defend the X Division Championship against Andrew Everett on the 6th of January at Korakuen Hall, and High 69 will also challenge Yohei and Hayata for the junior tag belts in Osaka on the 27th. Due to their connections with the city, Harada was born there, and their connections with Osaka Pro, Raytales are calling this roots. Ishimori will also miss the 15th of January events in Saitama, as he will most likely be with Impact. Ran, who if you don't know, is the lady singer who does Noah's halftime shows, has done a song called Sakuretsu, which I believe means something like burst or explosion, which will now become the official anthem of Pro Wrestling Noah. So if you are in any of the venues, you will be able, and you hear the song and you do like it, you will be able to pick up a CD. Cody Hall will be working navigation, Navigate or Navigation for the Future, which is Noah's first tour into January 2018. He'll be joined by Jay Bradley and Andrew Everett. DJ Zid, I hope that is how you pronounce his name. If not, I do apologise is unable to attend due to back issues. Andrew Everett has faced Taiji Shibori before, and Jay Bradley, who is listed as being a freelancer, has history with both TNA, WWE, SmackDown, and has done significant work on the independent circuit. In terms of native talent, Mitsuo Nagai will be back, as will Yuko Miyamoto, Masao Inoue, and Minoru Tanaka. Yoshinari Ogawa will face Kanjiro Matsuyama, who, while I don't know too much about her, I'm afraid, um, I believe he is, Osa- he is from Osaka Pro. And as far as I know, he will be with Noah for, for further dates. Nami Chimarofuji will celebrate 20 years in wrestling on the 28th of August, having made his debut in 1998 against Yoshinobu Kanemaru in All Japan. I would imagine that something as memorable will be planned. I believe Keno may also be having an anniversary coming up in 2018. The reason why I have redone this podcast is due to this morning's news that Noah have changed Noah the Reborn to Noah the Live. I think this is meant to be Noah a Live, but I know that from experience how things get lost in translation and things don't carry over well. The name change is Noah's way of saying that the new birth is done, they are now alive and they are ready to face the world. So, thank you for listening. Um, Hopefully if you can bear the sound of my voice again, you will want to tune in in the future. I am hoping by then my boyfriend and I, to whom my boyfriend to whom I owe a huge, huge thanks for helping with this, will have worked out a format, music, etc. This is a work in progress. I am Hisame and you can find me on Twitter at HI5AME. 
no, this has nothing to do with any kind of tribute to High 69, only that the traditional spelling of Hisame had been taken and I had to substitute the S for a 5. So, hopefully see you next time. Thanks. Bye-bye. Yeah.